Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Muddy News Media. Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay, sitting in my little cubbyhole while the fine September weather shines down outside. This week, I'm joined by reporter and journalist, uh, often found at Premier League Productions, BBC's Final Score and many, many more. It's Lindsay Hooper. Hello. Hello. I'm loving this weather. Ah, it's delicious, isn't it? But I think it's coming to an end I soon. I know, we need to just grasp on to the final bits. Mm, listen, we have exchanged Hayley McQueen in the deal of the window so far, <laughs> I think we can safely say today, uh, by replacing her just on a temporary basis with commentator for Match of the Day, the Women's Super League and many more. It's Robin Cowan. Hi, Robin. Hi, thanks for hey, having Robin. me. Uh, <laughs> how Robin. are you feeling? It's not just Robin, by the way. It's one and a half Robins today. One, one and three quarters. <laughs> it feels like two now, to be honest. <laughs> you are expecting Robin. And do you when? Uh, in three weeks-ish is wow. the due date. So, yes, um, starting to feel a tad uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, the weather for me is is okay, not too bad, not as bad as it was a few weeks ago. But, um, yeah, if it could be a little bit cooler, oh. that would be wonderful. <laughs> and how are you doing with, with kind of baby meets football, basically? How are you – have you finished working for now? Have you been working with it? How's it sort of been? It's been good, actually. I've been exceptionally lucky in that I haven't really had any problems, haven't had much sickness and uh, aches and pains and things like that. Um, And so I've been doing a few of the women's games, which has been lovely to carry on and be a little bit distracted and not think about, you know, having to keep a human being alive in the next few weeks when when he does finally come. So it's been it's been really good, actually. And um, but no, I've been it's been great. watching a lot of football as well, listening to a lot of podcasts. So I've just kind of surrounded myself with all that and then doing the odd game myself. So it's been, yeah, it's been really good, actually. And despite the empty stadiums, how have, be, how have you been squeezing into the press boxes? Because they haven't changed in size. <laughs> no, they haven't. It's it's not been easy, to be honest. And I was just thanking my lucky stars that actually, well, no one's going to be in that old press box at Brentford. Um, but I don't think, you know, can't squeeze into that at the best of times when you've had no. a kind of big lunch. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously been a challenge getting up to the gantries and things like that. Turn of pace isn't quite as as it was, so I've missed a few interviews. <laughs> Things like that. Had to kind of have a substitute to do post match interviews, but uh, no, everyone's been very kind and very um, looking after me very well. Oh, well, that is good to hear, um, Linz. You've been at the football again, of course. Season's underway. How was Palace versus Southampton? Well, of all the the matches that took place um, on the opening weekend, I, I mean, it wasn't the goal fest. Um, no, it, it wasn't the the Leeds Liverpool game, was it? Oh my gosh, um, no! But I, I was really pleased because after talking about it on the podcast. John Moss used the pitch side monitor to overturn the red card for Carl Walker-Peters and it was used to good effect. So I was quite pleased to be there to witness that. I I think it's a good move, Robin. I don't know about you, but I think this is the way forward. Oh, totally. I think that was such a frustration, wasn't it, for fans that... 
I think it's just the the feeling that the referee, that we, the one that we can actually see on the pitch, isn't the referee. I think that was the massive thing for fans. And I think even if perhaps you don't agree with what the referee thinks after they've had a look at the screen, at least you know, OK, he or she has had a look at it and that's come to their own conclusions. So, yes. yeah, I, I think feels, that's the thing. It feels better. Palace winning 1-0 against Southampton. Um, Okay, well, shall we progress on with today's show? Coming up this week, we're talking about songs and anthems that fill football stadia. But I want to focus on the ones that we just don't get or we don't particularly like. Um, It could be irrational hate. It could be justifiable dislike. Um, I'd just like to get your opinion on those. We're also going to be talking about when football meets babies. So this conversation will continue, Robin. I've got some handy (laughs) hints for you. Um, But first, uh, let's take a look. It's time to peer into the transfer window. For the rest of this month, this month being September 2020, you can take out a subscription to The Athletic for the frankly ridiculous price of just £1 a month. That's unrivaled football writing and analysis from the very best people in the business, a brand spanking new breaking news service and ad-free versions of each Athletic podcast, all for just £1 a month. Go to theathletic.com slash offside to get started. Well, the transfer window is still wide open. And if that was an awful impression, Jim White, I'm so sorry. Wide open for some breaking news uh, with breaking deals being done uh, left, right and centre. I think it's time that I return to myself. Um, Rumours flying around, of course, like porkies from the mouth of President Trump. And there's no knowing quite what will happen next. It's that unexpected, delicious, frustrating time of year, isn't it? There's two and a half weeks of business left. So I want to check in with you both and find out what you think the biggest or best deals done so far are. Robin, let's start with you um, and a couple of deals that you'd like to pick out. Well, I think the clubs in the sort of lower half of the Premier League, mid-table teams, have done the best business for me so far anyway from what I've seen. Very alarmingly, Newcastle United have been very shrewd and sensible, which is really mm. not like them. Um, it's it's kind of a bit disconcerting. But Ryan Fraser, who scored his first goal for the club in the Carabao Cup in midweek, Jamal Lewis, who is fantastic, good season with Norwich, even though they were relegated, and Callum Wilson, um, who scored on his debut at the weekend against West Ham United. So I think they've had a really good summer. Um, the other one for me is Willian to Arsenal. I was very sceptical, and it, it was a little bit controversial wasn't it because they obviously he's they've given him a three-year deal he's not the youngest and he's on a, a decent watch and after the lockdown they were criticized for uh, shedding a few employees at Arsenal weren't mm. they but watching him against Fulham and I know lads yes it is Fulham but uh, he offers so much doesn't he still at his age he looks uh, fit as a fiddle and not just his prowess going forward, but he really tracks back. He does the defensive work, yeah. which is obviously something that Mikel Arteta is very big on. Yeah, he still works incredibly hard. And he is one of those workmanship players who's also got a little bit of skill and style to him as well. Mm-hmm. And will be you know, valuable in terms of maturity within the dressing room as well. So a canny signing, I agree. Um, Lindsay, a couple from you and then we'll go round with any more that we've got. Well... I think in terms of the headline makers over the summer and the marquee signings, I'm going to pick out Timo Werner at Chelsea. Mm. I think that is the one of all the big ones. If you're talking big books, this was £45 million from from RB Leipzig. um, And it was a five-year deal that Chelsea managed to negotiate, which I think is tremendous work because this guy, not only very, very talented, but only 24 years old, so he's got a really promising future, scored so many goals in Bundesliga. And I thought he slotted six 
seamlessly into that Chelsea well, he had a great debut, lineup. didn't he? Yeah, I mean, there's lots more to come from him. I think he's just the sort of player they needed. And now, when you look at what Tammy Abraham brings, and if they hold on to Olivier Giroud, they have really different options as strikers now. There isn't really any copycat going on there. They they really all bring something different. I think he is that natural finisher. Um, yeah. He just sniffs out an opportunity and he, and his movement that was the thing that impressed me straight away because the difference from Bundesliga to Premier League um, it might be slightly in the pace but definitely you know you, you speak to foreign players they say there is a, a distinct difference between the leagues but I thought his movement and his running to say that he was teaming up with new new teammates straight away yeah. so well I thought yeah. that was really impressive and I thought I thought he was pacey as well. Um, yeah. And then yeah. the fact that he won a first half penalty, which set set the side up for the 3-1 victory, Chelsea up for the 3-1 victory against Brighton. Um, I thought all all credit to him to do that on, on his debut. And I think historically, if you're going to take a player from another league and port them straight into the Premier League, the Bundesliga is often a safe place to do that from because the physicality is often the same. I agree sometimes the pace isn't the same, but the physicality is um, the only thing is the only thing is uh, sorry to interrupt guys just no, in, in terms of Chelsea they've got as you mentioned the strength and depth they've got in the forward areas is obviously incredible now but still a little bit dodgy at the back what do you think about Chilwell so obviously Ben Chilwell's gone from Leicester to Chelsea and that was their other one of their other mega signings 60 million quid for that one do you feel hopeful about because I think you know, as a long-term prospect, he is a good signing. He's I don't English, know, you know. he ticks I'm, I'm that box, sure. or you're not sure? I'm not sure that he offers that much more than Alonso did. I mean, look at look at how many assists Alonso got in, in a couple of seasons for Chelsea. Um, so if you're wanting someone that was going forward, Alonso was doing that. He probably had started to neglect the defensive duties. So, so maybe that's where they're, they're looking at Chilwell more. But I, I honestly think that Chilwell hadn't had the season at Leicester that he had the season before. Um, and a little bit, you know, everyone's talked about Matt Doherty. Now, I'm, you know, as a Wolves fan, obviously, I really, really rated him. Mm. But even from this opening weekend, um, and when you look at what his duties are at Ireland, is he going to do at Spurs what he did at Wolves? I'm not so sure. Maybe I, I not, know. but I still think he's a good signing for Spurs in terms of shoring up the back in terms of giving them someone experienced, someone who can slot right in. And for the money too, I think it was a decent deal. And I've picked out, and I'll come back to you, Linda, in just a second. I've picked out Everton really, and I'm sure that this is not an unusual choice. But obviously signing James Rodriguez is huge. Um, And people were worried about his attitude. They were worried about what he would offer. Would he be selfish? Would he not put in the work? But his debut was absolutely awesome against Spurs, of course, Everton um, notching up the victory. Um, For 20 million quid, I think he is an incredibly good buy. Ancelotti obviously knew what he was getting. He'd worked with James at Real Madrid and at Bayern Munich too. And I think he's joined Everton with a point to prove after not being used at Real Madrid barely at all in the last 12 months. Great on the ball, calming things down, controlling play. He's just he's just exceptional to look at and slotted so well into that side. And I thought fair play to Ancelotti. James Rodriguez, great. Alan as well. 
the midfielder. You know, astounding work rate, about twenty-two million pounds from Napoli. Again, has worked with Ancelotti before, and this is where you're getting the best out of out of Ancelotti as your manager. An engine, a worker. He spots danger. He fills gaps. He gives Everton, you know, at last a really strong midfield. So two re- really good bits of business there. I'm, well, I'm and so I'd say Decore as well. You know, me and Lindsay would have seen him a lot for Watford, and obviously mm. again another player in a relegated mm. team. But uh, he was one I could really comment on because I saw him a lot. So I, I, he, I think he's a wonderful signing for Everton as well. I hold my hands up about um, James Rodriguez that until seeing him in that first yeah. match, I was a little on the fence. Yeah, of course. Uh, only I'm, I'm not disputing his his talent. I was one of the people in the Maracanã stadium yes, when he exactly. scored that goal. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean to see that live is is the best goal I've ever seen yeah. in a live football match. Um, there is no disputing his talent, but I didn't know whether again he was someone that was maybe on the decline in his career, yeah, and whether Ancelotti could get that out of him again. But I thought that those initial moments that you saw from the opening weekend, he was head and shoulders the best oh, player he, on that he, pitch. He was wow. absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I thought, and I think. Fair play to say that, really, Lindsay. None of us really knew. Obviously, if you're behind the scenes at Everton, maybe you did. But, you know, none of us really knew how he would adapt to his new life um, here in England. And, no. oh my God, he looks so exciting. Yeah, and let's face it, it's been a while as well. You know, he, he's not really been at it. If we're going to say at the races, you know, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, it never well, really happened well, for him there. barely played in the last 12 months. Yeah. So, you know, that could have had a really damaging effect on him. Instead, he's taken, the, taken leave, taken the excuse of not playing and thought right well I'm going to prove a few things here so long may that continue um anyone else want to chip in with other people we've obviously got Bale rumoured to be going to Spurs what do we think about that one Robin would that be a good move or not it's so hard to predict that one isn't it because this is probably not the Gareth Bale that we remember from the last time he was in the Premier League where he absolutely ripped it up and he's barely played. I think there were reports also that, you know, in the last couple of Nations League games for Wales, he was a bit off it. And understandably so. Yeah, um, he's not at the game time. Exactly. So I'm just not sure what we're going to get. Obviously, he a bit like James Rodriguez, ultimately, he's just a really good footballer. So he's mm. not going to be, you know, completely rubbish. I just... I just wonder, I'm not sure, maybe just his presence will give the whole Spurs team <laughs> they, a lift, which is what they need, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they do desperately need something Spurs. And I think, you know, guilty as charged after watching the documentary. I was I was willing them to be good this season. I wanted that, <laughs> you, you know, so I wanted them it. to, well, well, you know, I do. And I wanted them to come out with something this season that would fill those dreams because they deserve the dreams. And some of the players there I took a real shine to. I really liked Jose Mourinho in his press conference this week. He was asked about whether Bale was coming and he just cryptically said, a squad is a puzzle and when a new signing comes, the puzzle is a great feeling for the team. So he's clearly not being Mm. drawn. Um, We've heard that Thiago Alcantara has a deal agreed with Liverpool. So coming from Bayern Munich for a fee of around £30 million. Talks accelerated uh, since the beginning of this week after uh, Bayern Munich officials made it clear that they wanted it done, the deal done before the Bundesliga 
start. Great signing for me. I think Liverpool fans have been wanting this. It doesn't necessarily deal with our issue of maybe needing some support up front, but a good canny buy for Liverpool. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see what he's like um, on the pitch for the side. Ben White from Leeds to Brighton. I thought that that was really good business because I think centre-backs are very hard to come by. He'd impressed so much on his loan at Leeds. I think if you speak to any Leeds fan, you realise how much they were gutted to see him leave the club. And it, I don't think it's going to be easy slotting into a new system at Brighton. I, I think he really enjoyed playing under Bielsa, but there is no disputing in terms of talent and his reading of the game. I, I think he is one to watch. So I would say Ben White, by the end of this season, come next season, I think he will be a centre-back that's maybe pushing for England. So mm. um, I would I would say about him. And the other thing about this transfer window when it comes to my own team and Wolves is deals that weren't done. The deals that were not done. Jimenez staying put. Traore staying yes, put. Okay. Neves staying put. Nuno signing his deal and staying put. Uh, those are the big deals for me. We can't have this conversation, can we, without mentioning Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, 60 million quid is what he's going to bank over the next three years. He's signed a new deal with Arsenal, club's highest earner. That's where it puts him. Good for him, good for the club as well. And there was a really long, drawn-out announcement period, wasn't there? Even I was a bit bored by the end of it, Arsenal fans. It seemed to take days for this one to happen. Robin, no doubt that, that this is a great bit of business for Arsenal. Or the best bit of business that Arsenal could have hoped for. But yeah, uh, I think we all knew what was going to happen, didn't we? (laughs) And it took forever. And I think there was a lot of, um, yeah, not very productive Arsenal fans um, during the time they were waiting (laughs) on the Instagram live. Great to see Ian Wright involved as well. He's just joyous, isn't he? he? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely brilliant. The one bit of business I would like to see at Arsenal, because I'm such a huge fan of Mesut Ozil. I, I, I absolutely love him. I love watching him, but... Clearly, he's not going to play, is he? So I just like him to be set free, young prince, and go and play some football somewhere. Because yeah. I just think it's such a waste. I mean, I know it's it's complicated and it's not his fault that he was handed a massive deal and, uh, you know, things are complicated. But I just want to see him play again. Yeah, I think I would echo that as well. All right, well, let's wrap it up there. Two and a half weeks left to go of the transfer window, as we've said. So much can still happen. I'm sure we'll revisit this. Now it's time to call the parents in. You're listening to The Offside Rule from Muddy News Media and The Athletic. As we've got Robin on the show for the last time before she becomes a family of three, we thought, you know, in honour of that, this is the perfect time to look at when football meets baby. So I'd like some tales of new parenting and football, which footballers maybe could be considered as role models in the parenting department. Maybe we've got some do's and don'ts as well. Um, Robin, you must have been considering uh, your new life as a mum ahead of you. Anything that you vowed to do or not do as a parent? (laughs) I'm open to any tips, suggestions at this point um, as the 
big day nears. But um, a couple of things, especially over lockdown, that a lot of the parents, uh, a lot of footballers who are parents were posting that, you know, I thought, you know, that looks pretty fun. Um, I'm asking not what I can do for my baby, but what they can do for me. Um, <laughs> Alan Samaxima. Um, in lockdown, he was practicing his skills with his two young kids, um, kind of attempting, uh, tempting them to try and get the ball off of him. And obviously, with his skills, they just couldn't. So it was a little, <laughs> a little bit one-sided there. But it was very fun to watch. And then Cristiano Ronaldo, I don't know if you saw. Obviously, obviously, he was working on his abs um, over lockdown, and he was using his um, young baby as a sort of weight to uh, yes, increase yes, the resistance. That. Very popular. so. Yeah, um, I'm yeah. thinking. You know. I know that they're, they're a little bit boring, aren't they, to begin with, babies? <laughs> I'm do, you're yep, doing a lot for true. them. Yeah. So, you know, just seeing what they what they can make a bit of use for themselves as well. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to become one of those mums who runs with a buggy and a baby in the buggy? Because I, I could never quite... I'm just not very coordinated to be able to do that, basically. No, I'm not sure about running. Maybe the... the the ones where you go to exercise classes with them and with, you know, with the buggy or bugger size, I don't know what it's called, but that, bugger that looks size. better. Bugger size. <laughs> they they should call it that. <laughs> okay. But yeah, you, using them as weights and things like that, 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 that appeals to me. <laughs> See, Robin, you work in football in terms of commentating, but imagine actually being a footballer and expecting babies we, we know that's happened um in, in the world of women's football as well and they've gone back to play football like Katie Chapman did at Chelsea but in the men's game I, w- I was thinking of the most recent tournament and there were quite a few instances at the Russia World Cup actually you might remember for England Fabian Delph um he missed England's World Cup win over Colombia do you remember the 4-3 on penalties mm, yes. uh, in Russia and he had to fly home for the birth of his third daughter um and he posted on Instagram when he was coming back and, and just saying well done to everybody and I've had the greatest thing ever I've had a baby girl well he didn't have her but you know <laughs> kind of <laughs> I always say that um, and he then he didn't do the heavy lifting he didn't point. do the heavy lifting but um, all the pushing he, was, he became a father and Switzerland's um, Briel Mbolo returned home to see the birth of his daughter between games at that tournament as well between Costa Rica and the Sweden match but then on the flip side, Sweden's captain, Andreas Grankvist, decided to play in the win over Switzerland, uh, despite his wife's due date being on that very day. And he said he would remain in Russia for the quarterfinal against England, even if it meant missing the berth. So clearly, there's a real divide yeah. between footballers now. Do they go home for the berth or do they stay and play football, especially with major tournaments? Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting. And I thought, right, you know, go back in time a little bit. And Martin Allen, who now does a lot of punditry and co-coms um, in the game, when he played for QPR in the late 80s, um, he actually decided to take time out to go and see the birth of his son. And when he got back to training at QPR, the manager at the time, um, I think it was Trevor Francis, handed him an envelope and it had a fine in it for two weeks' wages. No way. (laughs) Which, of course, they can't do that now. No. But but isn't it interesting the way that it's all changed? Different times. Mm. Different times completely. Well, talking about expectant fathers on the pitch, in 2017, Wigan's Ryan Colclough was on the pitch, having uh, having already scored. So he'd already put away a goal against Doncaster Rovers when his dad, who was in the stands, gave his son a sign for his wife's waters breaking. His wife was pregnant... um, 
Uh, he had no idea, I don't think, that, that she was going to give birth so quickly. But imagine looking up, having scored, to see your dad in the stands making the waters broken sign. Now, I've no idea how you'd make that <laughs> sign. You'll all have to imagine for yourselves, if you're listening, how how would you make that waters broken sign and make it understandable? He did. You'd have His to do a mouth did. sign as well, wouldn't like a gush sign? I don't think that, yeah. I don't think that we should speculate on it because it's just oh, never, ever, ever going to ever gonna come off particularly well anyway. Anyway, he got the message. Um, his wife was at the hospital already. Um, Colclough decided to stay on the pitch. Well, in fact, he hadn't been subbed off, so he had no choice. He stayed on the pitch, scored another goal, looked at his manager. The manager went, fair enough, you can come off. Literally left the pitch, down the tunnel, in his kit, straight to the hospital. Got there 30 minutes before his wife, Steph, gave birth Aww. to a baby boy. So two goals and one baby in not much over 90 minutes. And we'll also see how Alex Morgan gets on, won't we? When she um when yeah. she arrives in the women's super I think it was league, four yeah. months ago she gave birth. It wasn't long, was it? Yeah, May she gave Putting birth to, shame. to Charlie. <laughs> Have you thought about names, Robin? Yes, but uh, so we got a few. Um, it's going to be a boy, but uh, okay. I want to see what he looks like first. You know, yeah, see fair enough. Exactly. Yeah. What about middle names? Because I know you're an Oxford fan, and actually <laughs> Oxford wouldn't be a bad middle name, would it? I just thank God you didn't say Kassam or Firoz. (laughs) Well, earlier this year, an Arsenal fanatic tweeted Mesut Ozil to say that he'd name his kid after him if Ozil responded to the tweet. Ozil did and said, you're going to have to stand by this now, mate. And fair enough, the fan did. In August, uh, he was duly tweeted back, Ozil, with a picture of the baby and its naming certificate, not Mesut Ozil, but Mara Ozil Robinson. There you go. Excellent. Now, Robin, you'll have got all the kit, won't you? The buggy ready, probably, or the changing stuff, Mm -hmm. the baby grows. You might even have got some baby oil in there. And there is a football connection to baby oil as well, which I've only recently discovered, Lindsay Hooper. It concerns Adama Traore, the Wolves player. Um, Do you know why he gets slicked on his arms? This is this is a physio. I mean, he's got an amazing body, hasn't he? He's 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 like a Hulk, basically. But this physio or whatever slicks his arms with baby oil just before kickoff each well, game do you know why yeah i do know why it started because he was becoming one of the most foul players in the premier league and people were trying to pull him back so the baby oil was to stop players getting a nice grip on him and then he got this nasty shoulder injury so they started putting even more on because he really didn't want people getting hold of his shoulder I think yeah people were targeting that area but i don't know if you've noticed lately he started putting it on his legs as well <laughs> so this baby oil now goes all over <laughs> Just in case they go for the rugby tackle. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I just, I, I just love the pro because it's so basic, right? If you keep yeah. getting fouled and, and basically tugged, what do you do? You make yourself slippery. <laughs> I have a feeling he likes the look of it. That's what I think. <laughs> I just Rippling. think it's brilliant. Anyway, so does that, that mean round... there's a there's a massive shortage of baby oil in the Wolverhampton area? <laughs> yeah, because he's. <laughs> anyway, uh, that rounds up our baby discussion, Robin. I feel that you're now more prepared than ever for impending motherhood. Um, let's celebrate with a song to end, shall we? Yes, that music means one thing and one thing only. The Offside Rule WSL edition is back. 
Woohoo! And the WSL is bigger and better than ever before. Which means we need to do the same. And that's why we've got interviews with the biggest names, the brightest minds in the game, as well as all the in depth match analysis you've come to know and love. Just search for the Offside Rule WSL edition, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find us ad free on the Athletic app. That's the Offside Rule WSL edition, out every Tuesday. It's a brand new season and the Premier League have a brand new anthem. Here it is. That was British composer Dave Connolly developing and producing uh, that piece of music. 83 musicians and technicians, including an orchestra and a live gospel choir. That's some effort, isn't it? What do we think of it? I quite oh, I like, like it, it actually. Yeah. yeah. Hmm, okay. It's quite rousing. I like that it builds. It's a slow builder. Oh, it's a builder. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so we quite like that one. There are a few out there, aren't there, that aren't so good. So I want to talk about songs that you don't like or you don't quite understand what they're for, what they stand for, etc. So, uh, Robin, um, one from you, a song that you really don't like. Well, in terms of like chants in the ground, the insert club here, we're by far the greatest team the world has ever seen. <laughs> I just can't bear that because it's usually sung by fans of teams that aren't that great. Aren't that good. <laughs> there are those, aren't there, that will interchange between clubs and so they just feel a bit plastic, don't they? Because exactly. Because you could literally you want, apply them to any team. You want a bit more unique, don't you? Um, mm. The other one is that I love this, the Greasy Chip Butty song they sing at Sheffield United. I absolutely love it, but I'm so suggestible. It's one of the reasons I can't watch The Great British Bake Off. It makes me just want <laughs> one immediately. I need Greasy Chip Butty. <laughs> so it's just not good for me. That that's That's the reason I'm not... I'm not hot on that one. <laughs> mm. There are, um, you would have heard Nice One Cyril, Nice One Son, which intensely annoys me. But obviously the Tottenham fans have fashioned it to Nice One Sunny, Nice One Son. Nice One Sunny, let's have another one. The Nice One Cyril, by the way, if you want to know where that comes from, Cyril Knowles was a left back who played for Tottenham. It was released in 1973 for the Football League Cup final where Tottenham played Norwich. It reached number 14 on the British single chart after Tottenham wow. won. And, amazingly, its writers received an Ivan Novello Award for Best Novel or Unusual Strike Rubbish Song in 1974. <laughs> so can you believe that nice one, Cyril, won an Ivan Novello Award? They should get a Mystic Meg Award as well, because their son eventually yes. joins the club, yes. however many years later. What a fitting song. <laughs> nice I was looking online only a few weeks ago, actually. So this topic was brilliant timing for me because I was looking at a list from Planet Football. They, they'd actually rated the walk-on music for every single okay. football club. And, um, and I was just looking at it because a lot of clubs have changed it over the years. And I don't know whether you remember, but from the documentary Sunderland, the Sunderland. Till I Die... <laughs> 
it went into a complete club song and it made me laugh so much and it made me read this article. So I'm going to pick up on Fulham with Palladio by Escala and this is a bit of a dance track. Have a listen. Now, for me, that just does not fit right with the club. When you think of this old stadium, it's it's a beautiful ground, like the wooden seats yes. sitting on the bank of the Thames, very traditional club. I just, it just is out of sorts. I, I can't quite get my head around it. It isn't the track for me, for the walkout music for Fulham fans. And, and also, in recent seasons, let's face it, there was a point, I feel really bad saying this, but there was a point where Fulham were advertising season tickets on radio. So it makes me feel like they weren't packed out every week. Oh, and <laughs> Perhaps, perhaps so they I were hoping that, that the song would turn, would, would turn things around maybe, and get everyone, maybe. you know, coming to the football club for a, for a bit of a bop before the match started I don't know it just it needs a bit work. more history to it I, I would actually have preferred to go the other way with a real old song anyway so that's one that I wanted to pick out and here's another one I'm just going to pick out Cardiff City and right here right now Fat Boy Slim you know this one great song yes but Uninspired, Kate, a bit unoriginal. And mm. again, with Cardiff being a Welsh team in the Premier League once upon a time, hoping to get back there. Don't you want some of the, the Welsh origins? That's what I want to hear. Um, there is something with that that jars with me too. It, I just think a little bit when you're designing a house, if you're an interior designer, it's got to fit, hasn't it? It's got, it, everything has to speak to each other and this doesn't speak to me. Okay. Well, did you know, ladies, that back in 2004, Barclays decided to appoint a chant laureate. You would have heard of a poet laureate, a great accolade awarded to a poet, but there was going to be a chant laureate. It was uh, it was 2004 and only 2004 in the end. They ditched the idea after a season. So we'll probably tell you how popular it was. But they basically <laughs> asked fans of the Premier League to submit poems which could be chants. Uh, the chap that won the one and only Chant Laureate Award uh, was a guy called Johnny Hurst, a solicitor from Wanstead. He beat a thousand, one and a half thousand other hopefuls to win it. And uh, he was chosen with the help of Andrew Motion, who was the actual Poet Laureate. And I can't find it to play it, but here was the winning chant. Uh, I'll I'll sing you uh, generously <laughs> the first <laughs> verse. So imagine that it's the tune of Copacabana. And uh, this guy, although he was a Birmingham fan, decided to invent this uh, song, poet, uh, poem about Aston Villa. So his name was Angle. Yeah, well, yeah, go on. His name was Angle and he's a showboy. And Alice Ban keeps up his hair. Juan Pablo from Colombia. He came to Villa to be a winner. He succeeded overnight, our very own Angle Delight. Just hear the Villa roar with each Juan Pablo score. We've got him on a four-year deal, but we still want more. Anyway, that was the winner. Well done to that chap, Johnny Hurst, who was the one and only chant laureate uh, as elected by Barclays and the Premier League. 
All right. Um, any suggestions, by the way, songs or chants that you really don't like, uh, you can get them into us at Offside Rule Pod. Uh, let's finish this then on any other business. Oh, what's this? Is this any other business? Any other business? Any other business? <laughs> Did you do that, Abby? Has <laughs> it finally happened? We have a theme tune. Oh, that's great. There you go. One of your favourite people, Hayley McQueen. Your favourite things, jazz. Um, yes. Yeah. I feel like that could be going somewhere. I think I might want to interchange Hayley, sorry Hayley, for an actual jazz singer. But I feel like we've got the start of something here. Okay. Definitely. Um, all right, so it is time for any other business. The smaller stories you might have missed this week. Not really a small story for me to start off with, but just good news that up to a thousand fans are going to be allowed to attend um, eight different football league games this weekend. That's part of the government's crowd pilots. Um, ten clubs had been permitted to do it, but Luton and Morecambe pulled out on Wednesday saying they didn't have enough time to prepare. Fair enough. Uh, so that's good to get that underway. Yes, I'll be at one of them. Charlton against Doncaster. That's where Very I'm going to be on Saturday for BBC Final Score, uh, doing the reports around the grounds. Um, I have I have to say I haven't been to the Valley for a very long time, so I'm mm. looking forward to it. And in that vein, actually, Chris Wilder in his pre-match press conference, um, I think speaks for us all. Uh, doing just expressing his confusion about the new rule of six and the fact that a few fans are allowed in EFL grounds. I think he he sums it up nicely. Can I go and see me nan? Am I allowed to see me nan? Am I no, allowed to see me mum? Oh, but, oh, but, then, but then we can have a thousand people in the ground. Good old Chris Wilder. <laughs> we can all always, always rely on him. An ambitious Manchester United fan, by the way. I, th- I think he's 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 ambitious and frustrated. This this Matthew Kelly. Um, he's basically said uh, that if Ed Woodward and the Glazers aren't competent enough to sign Jaden Sancho, uh, when we haven't had a right winger since Nanny, according to him, uh, and I'm sick of seeing that that boy Dan James run with the ball like a bull that sees a red flag so uh, he's set up a GoFundMe page. Uh, He's trying to raise £108 million to bring Sancho into the club Um, when I looked last night he was on £75 Uh, right now though um, breaking news. £75 million? No £75 of the £108 million (laughs) and now he's on £329 quid so we go good luck Matthew Kelly uh, in trying to raise funds to bring Jaden Sancho to Old Trafford. Not Matthew (laughs) Kelly of stars in their eyes. No Not that one. Not that one. Um, Linz. So one of my favourite football apps, and I don't know whether you use this one, Robin Cowan, um, it's not working anymore and I'm really gutted. So I wanted to mention it. It's called TLS Football and I use it every week. What? That's not working? it does not update anymore. I wonder if it's become one of the victims of coronavirus. Oh, no. And cutbacks. But yes, um, it used to be one of my go-tos for updates and just stopped working. Have you tried the old app, um, tried to update the app? Have you gone onto your app store and tried to update it? I haven't done too much to try and address the issue yet. (laughs) But... Oh, there's so, a message I've just seen. There's a message saying, we are sorry, but the live data is still missing. We hope to be back very soon. Oh, but we'll miss no. the first Premier League round. So maybe they'll be back this weekend. Oh, I hope they will be. Okay, well, yeah. listen, if they're not, perhaps we should think about bringing them back somehow. How can we support them? Um, okay, well, I hope that that does get resolved. Um, 
Well, that is going to wrap up this week's edition of The Offside Rule. You can keep in touch with us at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta. Keep up to date with what we're up to. Plus, the website's got plenty of great football content too for you to chew through. OffsideRulePodcast.com. Um, Robin, is that it for you now and work? Have you, have you started your maternity leave? I've got a few bits and bobs uh, just to keep things ticking over. But yeah, winding down um, and yeah, just preparing for carnage mm. i guess well let's hope no one has to give the breaking waters signal to your other half uh, when it's not <laughs> expected um lindsay uh, you you're on fighting talk this weekend as well as your match duties I am, yes, with Colin Murray, although they are dividing studios now because of social distancing. So apparently oh. I, I get a, a separate one. Um, it's going to be a whole different experience when you can't see the other people on the panel. And just um, to update our listeners, how are you doing generally? Oh. Because you had kind of a spate of second places. Didn't no, you? How do no, you no, feel? no, 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 oh. no. I had a little spate of first places. Okay. And I, had, I, had, um, I did win a few and then I had a couple of seconds. Um, and then I threw uh, at the very end of last season. Um, I got docked points for giving some. I, I think I chipped in with an answer for someone else, which oh, never goes how could damn you? great, does it? So having been that person that was third all the time, do you remember? I just, yes. just get so frustrated. I feel like I've got something to try and live up to now, but we'll see how it goes. Let's hope the stars align for you this weekend on that one. All right, well, thank you very much, Robin Cowan, uh, Lindsay Hooper, to you as well. We'll be back next week with more fun and joy and football. So until then, have a lovely week and we'll speak to you next time. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletics football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. Hello listener, it's me Matt Davis-Adams here to tell you why you need to be listening to the Totally Football League show, but apparently I've only got 30 seconds to do so. Reason 1, we cover the most football of anyone, that's 72 clubs in total. Reason 2, our panellists played actual football in the EFL. Whoa. And reason 3, our music sounds like George Clooney is organising a heist. Oh, did I mention that we're now a bigger show than ever before, going out twice a week? Now that's more commitment to the EFL than even Sam Parkin gave as a player. How often are the games coming, Sam? Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. That's the Totally Football League show every Monday and Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. Did I do it? Muddy News Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.